So if, if you have your Bibles with you, would you please take them out? Turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 1. Philippians 2, verse 1. And this is what it says. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... I wonder, well, the scripture's up on the screen, so if you don't have your Bibles, it's up front. And uh, I just wonder um, if you're anything like me. Have you perhaps thought, perhaps wondered, asked yourself a question? I wonder how it was for Adam and Eve when they walked with God in the cool of day, as Genesis 3 says to us. Have you ever wondered how that looked like? How that felt like? How is it that they walked with God in the garden, in the coolness of the day? His words say they walked with God. Have you ever wondered that? It's back then. For us here, we're here today. We're not there. How does it look for us today? And so Paul here begins in Philippians 2, this chapter, by encouraging his friends in Philippi about unity. He begins by encouraging them about unity. He continues it from chapter 1, speaking to his friends about unity. Remember, he was in prison, and they were free. They were in um, Rome, or uh, in Philippi, and they were free. So he encourages them about unity. He tries to remind them of the importance thereof, unity. And that's true of us today, this morning, as a church uh, here, Redemption in Kilani, but also as a church collectively in this country and worldwide. Paul, through his, uh, God's word, will remind us of the, of the importance of unity. And then here he gives us some reasons as to why Unity is super important, vital for us Christians. Now, then for when he was writing to them, and for us going forward. Always. And so Paul um, highlights this in verse, in verse 1. It says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship, of the Spirit, if any affection of mercy. And so two weeks ago we started this, uh, verse 1, and we learned that um, there is encouragement that we see in being united with Christ. Just being united with Christ brings in itself encouragement. Just being a child of God by itself brings encouragement. We can pray when we, we, when we are feeling down. We can exalt his holy name because we have encouragement from him. Then we learned last week that there is relief that comes from love. 
Wesley touched on this this morning, this aspect of love. Today we consider the third incentive for unity with other Christians. Incentive for unity with other Christians. So it says here, if any fellowship of the Spirit. This third if is also a fact. It can be translated to since, the word since. The idea that uh, it is true that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you have fellowship immediately with the Holy Spirit. Paul assumes this to be a fact that we know as Christians, as, his, as the children of God. And the word fellowship here means joint participation in the same things. So do we, are we joined, are we participating in the same things that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, in our, in our world, in this fallen world? Are we participating in the things that He is doing? Christians commonly participate in the same things as the Holy Spirit by default. We do. The fact that you're here in church this morning means that you're participating in the, in, in the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship is a subject that is important for us as Christians, as children of God, to understand. If we have community with the Holy Spirit, then we are ready for the community with other Christians. If you have community and you're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, you're walking with the Holy Spirit, then it means that you're ready to walk with each other. It means you're ready to put yourself aside and walk together in unity. It starts by walking with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who will bring unity to a local church. It is the Holy Spirit who will bring unity to a family. It is the Holy Spirit who will bring unity to a company of believers. He alone can bring cosmos out of chaos and order out of disorder. If the Holy Spirit joins in mutuality with us, He will put our heart right. If your heart is not right, and you're communing with the Holy Spirit, He will put your heart right. He will put your heart right. You could imagine uh, maybe an earthly example, because I'm in fellowship, the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't see the Holy Spirit, we experience His work, we kind of understand some of His work and some of His dealings. But one way we can try and relate to the work of the Holy Spirit is, you imagine... Um, you switch on the TV or a radio set and um, you um, not quite at the right station. You're looking for, I don't know, SABC2, but you can't get SABC2. Does SABC still exist in this uh, country? Um, and if you're not at the right station, SABC2, for instance, you will not receive that program, isn't it? If we are not in tune with the Holy Spirit, unity, which is what Paul is highlighting in this passage of Scripture, in fact, from chapter 1, 
will be like a radio wave that passes us bah, without connecting. There's no connection. SABC2 wave just goes past you. You're there, but it doesn't find you. You can't link. You can't switch on the TV. You can't switch on that radio station. Why? Because you are not in tune or in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But for you and I who are born again, those of us who follow Christ, those of us here who believe in what he did, those of us who believe that his death was real, not only did he die, but he also got resurrected. And because of that very action, we can fellowship with the Spirit of God. Because he was resurrected, we can fellowship with the Spirit of God. This plus or this advantage is open to all Christians. All Christians. And I, know, I say that again, all Christians. It's not just open to Christians who have been walking with God for a long time. It's open to all Christians. If you are born again today, you have the uh, access to walk with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how old you are. Or how young you are in your walk with Christ. This is one clear distinct mark that sets you and I apart in this world. Remember we are in this world but not of this world. What makes us different? We are in the world with everyone else. But what makes us different? This is one of the marks that we can see. Because we fellowship. We walk with Christ through his Holy Spirit. Just like Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of day, so should we today, walking in this world, as we fellowship with Him who gives us life. That's one clear, distinct mark for you and I as Christians. So we heard this morning, Wesley reminded us that there's a, there's a scripture that says that how will the world know that they are my disciples? And the word says it's by the way they love each other. By the way they artwork their lives by loving one another. And that's true. But beyond that, how will they know that you're my disciples? By the mark that you bear in your life as you walk with him, as you fellowship with him. As you fellowship with Him, you're able to forgive. As you walk with Him, you're able to give. As you walk with Him, you're able to put yourself on the back seat and allow others to be up front. The Holy Spirit is to us what the Lord Jesus was to the twelve when He was on the earth with them. Jesus had great fellowship with them. The Holy Spirit should have great fellowship with us today. He is closer to us than Jesus was with the apostles. He, the Holy Spirit, indwells each believer. Do you believe that this morning? Do we, what has the world kind of tried to, to paint about the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that He lives in you? Do you believe that He equips you? Do you believe that He indwells you? Or is it just some words that you read and kind of pass by? See, this is why Paul prays 
for the believers in this way. In, in 2 Corinthians verse 13. This is high praise. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Be with you all. So be it. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is a wonderful, wonderful prayer. It's a famous and wonderful prayer that I, I, I would assume many churches, many believers pray. And the reason for that, it seems as though it summarizes everything, everything that is involved in knowing God. That prayer summarizes everything that is involved in knowing God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have blessings to impart to us every day as His children. Jesus will especially give us grace. The Father will especially give or show us love. And the Holy Spirit will especially give us fellowship. Fellowship. We can talk about grace. We can feel it. Uh, but we won't necessarily, um, it's not necessarily tangible. We can talk about love. Oh, it's so nice to love each other. I should love you and you so you should love me. Yes, there's actions in those, in those words that is required. But it's not always tangible. But this element of fellowship, which the Spirit of God gives us, has to be tangible. For me to be in fellowship with you, I've got to, I've got to engage with you. Just like for you to be in, in, in fellowship with, the, with, with God the Father, you've got to be in engagement with Him. You've got to be in conversation with Him. You've got to be in communion with Him. Although each person in the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all work together in giving us these three things, yet it seems Jesus specially delights to be the channel of grace. The Father specially is the fountain of love, and the Holy Spirit is specially the one who leads us into fellowship. He is the one who leads us into fellowship today, reaching out in all different directions. So it's one thing to say that you are saved. It's one thing to say that you belong. But where is that fruit? How are you living it out? How are you engaging with each other? Two, um, two weeks ago, we, we, we learned as I mentioned earlier, that there is encouragement in being united with Christ. Last week we learned that there is relief that comes from the love of God. Today we learn, or we will learn, the Spirit gives us fellowship. He gives us fellowship. He gives us each other. Actually, you're a gift to me, and I am a gift to you. You might not like how I look. 
I'm not unlike how you look. I'm sorry. But God has given us each other as a gift to one another so that we can encourage one another, so that we can sharpen one another, so that we can, we can see the things that he has in store for us on this earth because we are called to make a difference. You are a gift to me. I am a gift to you. It's the Holy Spirit. He says that he is our advocate. The one who is close beside us all the time as we stand in the court of this world. Bearing our testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean this world is hard. Because we are not of the world but we are in the world. We are faced with all sorts of things that are against us as as, um, children. But Christ through his Holy Spirit, stands with us, stands before us. He fights for us. He reminds us. He encourages us. He tells us, you can do it. You can love that person. You can make a difference. You can. You can't, you can't tell yourself that. You can try to motivate yourself, but it's, it's hard. But he does. He is the one who gives us our experience of the Father and the Son. Through the Holy Spirit, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. His witness agrees with the witness of our own hearts that we are the children of God. Something has to agree in our hearts. Do we believe that we are God's children? Different races, different ages, different... um, um, Did I say ages? Different, different, different. But do we believe that we are the children of God? You cannot believe that, especially when you look at the world at large. Oh, that one has this thing, that one has that thing. That one is better than me and this, I'm better than them. We are forever comparing each other. But God says, you are my child. I've called you to this place in such a time. Do you believe it? Do you see that? Through the Holy Spirit, the love of God is in us and it's shown. We are able to show it to each other. We are able to show it to the world. Not because I'm going to get something out of me showing my love to you or uh, us showing it to the world, but because the Holy Spirit uh, helps us to love people without um, any expectation. He, the Holy Spirit, is within us. The spirit of adoption. He's within us the spirit of adoption. As most of you know, we went to the, the orphanage that we are working with. And we, it was so overwhelming seeing all these little orphans. And I say orphans because it's how they are labeled. But these little people who have been abandoned by the world. Jesus says, they, says they're mine. They're mine. They're mine. I love them. How will they know that I love them? Other than uh, you, my children, don't go out there and extend my love towards them. If you don't go out there and extend your hand toward them, how will they know? And I was speaking to uh, some of the workers in the orphanage, and I was just encouraging them, telling them, well done. I commend you for the work that you're doing upon with these little people. 
And you know what? Most of these little kids will never know the impact that you've had on their lives. But it's far-reaching. You don't know what impact you have on these little, little people. So well done and continue. You're extending yourself. You're putting yourself out there. I mean, they, they, people say what? We are the feet and hands of Jesus Christ on earth. We need to be that for real. For sure. So Paul prays this way. He prays that the believers may experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That the believers in Philippi, in Corinth, in the, the churches, the world that he, he was involved in, he prayed that they would experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And this is my prayer too for us. This is my prayer too for all Christians that I, that I know. That we will all experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Because we need His uh, fellowship. We need Him to help us to lead this life in a way that brings Him glory. And so for us, as, as believers, we have the privilege to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, who indwells us. He's with us. And that's a privilege. The indwelling Holy Spirit is the motivation for the Christian life. Are you not motivated to live this life for, for, uh, that you've been called to as a Christian? Well, the indwelling Holy Spirit in you, who resides in you, will motivate you to live this life in a way that brings God all the glory. All the glory. So I wonder, how is your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How is your fellowship? I know it's, it's, it's um, is it tangible? Do you, uh, do you, so Adam and Eve would walk with God in the cool of day. I wonder how their fellowship was. How is our fellowship today? With God himself through the Holy Spirit. I know that we have programs. I know we've been encouraged to read the word of God as often as we possibly can. I know we've been encouraged to have quiet times and all those things, all those tools are good. But in all honesty, how meaningful are they? How true are they? Do you read the Word of God because you have to? Do you read the Word of God because you're told to? Or do you desire to read the word of God because it is life? It is life and it brings truth to our lives. When we are stuck and need revelation, we can find it through the word of God. When you need to make important decisions, where do you turn to? It was Jesus himself, our perfect example. He, you remember in, in the Gospels, he would say, ah, going away for a little while to go and pray. 
Jesus the man found it necessary to spend time away or to, to uh, separate himself from the world and go spend time in prayer. Do we find that to be a necessity for our lives? Do we often make time to go spend with God in prayer, alone, from all the noise? And not just from the noise of the children, but from the noise of the world, the noise of the dollar signs, the noise of the cars, all these things that are thrown to us. Some of the things are good but they might rob us, take us away from what we ought to do. Jesus himself found it important to spend time with God. How much more for us? And how is it for you? Suppose uh, the straightforward question that I have for you this morning is do you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Simply do you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? And if you do that's wonderful. If not, why not? Remember you're set apart. You're set apart. And because you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, can I ask you, do you you sometimes avoid doing things that you know will grieve Him? Things that are seemingly so easy and and, um, um, okay to society and the world, but you know that it, it will grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you avoid those things? If you're walking and fellowshipping with Him, you will find yourself not wanting to do those things because you know it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you sometimes make the Holy Spirit a partner in some shady deal or iniquity? These are honest questions and we have to ask ourselves. Do we do that? Do we do that? And if we do, how quickly do we find and recognize the fact that we are doing those things which are grieving the Holy Spirit and how then do we respond to that answer? I'll tell you, I do. I do. In my head, I scheme. I, I, I try to make plans. But often, I, because I, I try and walk with the Holy Spirit, He will bring me back and say, uh, that plan does not bring glory to the King of Kings. Change that plan. And it's my responsibility then to change that plan and to trust Him to give me the, a plan to work out this situation in a way that will bring Him glory. So in every area of our lives this morning, What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? 
What is the Holy Spirit highlighting in your life today? What areas are you trying to partner or make the Holy Spirit a partner to some deals that will grieve Him or some actions that will grieve Him? It's a good, honest question because we're not perfect and we need to do an audit on our lives. God has given us, we need to enjoy the things that He's given us, the life that He's allowed for us to have, but we also need to remember we can't make those things uh, take ownership over Him. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray the same prayer that Paul prayed. And Father, this morning, we recognize that we need you. We recognize we cannot live this life in a way that brings glory to you in this world without you. So for my family, Lord, for all Christians in the world, God, I pray this over us, over them, that your grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name. Amen.